Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Nicholas Mancini, currently the pastor of Sacred Heart of Mary Parish in Louisville, and he's the spiritual director for us here at Living Bread Radio. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. Today we're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT about what we believe as Catholics. And question 75 of the UCAT asks, why do Christians address Jesus as Lord? Well, I think here, if we go to John thirteen thirteen, 13, uh, let's look at that first. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. The early Christians spoke as a matter of course about Jesus as Lord, knowing that in the Old Testament this title was reserved as a form of addressing God. Though many signs Jesus had shown them that he had divine power over nature, demons and sin and death, the divine origin of Jesus' mission was revealed in his resurrection from the dead. Thomas confessed, my Lord and my God. We see that beautiful expression in John twenty twenty eight. For us, this means that since Jesus is the Lord, a Christian may not bend his knee to any other power. So it goes back to the first commandment, I am the Lord your God, you shall have not any false gods before me. Right. And again, when we use that, that title, Lord, he is the ultimate. He is the man. He's right. the one true God. He is the Lord God. of lords. And he's the one true God. Exactly. So question 76 asks, why did God become man in Jesus? For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. We see this in the Nicene Creed. In Jesus Christ, God reconciled the world to himself and redeemed mankind from the imprisonment of sin. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son. In Jesus, God took on our mortal human flesh, the Incarnation, shared our earthly lot, our sufferings, and our death, and became one like us in all things but sin. We see here that God is so great that he can become small. God is so powerful that he can make himself vulnerable and come to us as defenseless child so that we can love him. Our Pope Emeritus, Benedict XVI, pointed this out in 2005. And I think it was a good example to remind us of why God so loved the world he sent his son. Beautifully said by Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. You know, when, when I went to uh, Catholic grade school, the uh, Vincentian Sisters of Charity taught us that God is all-powerful, he's omnipotent, and he's, all, he's present everywhere. 
And when I have discussions with uh, non-Catholics, for example, about the Eucharist, when I explain that at the Last Supper Jesus said, this is my body, they question that God could hold himself in his own own hands. And that's what St. Augustine said. Jesus held himself in his own hands. Uh, Another point that I, I make is that sometimes when I make a good golf shot on the golf course, which is rare, but when it happens, I say, thank you, Jesus. And I, I had a fellow player of mine who's a, a retired Protestant minister say, I think God's got better things to do than worry about your golf game. And, again, he caught me off guard with that comment, but, but of course, I always think of the right response later on. Mm-hmm. And the right response is that he's God. He can do anything and everything. Right. If he wants to help my golf game, he can. If he wants to turn bread and wine into his body and blood, he can and he did. And he also passed on that power to the apostles when he told them, do this in memory of me. So we have to understand, again, God is love. Because God is love, he created us to share that love in his life with us. And because he wanted us to be with him forever in heaven, he sent his only son, who was God, and he became man. So again, this is understanding our eternal father's plan of salvation. And again, it's not just me and Jesus. It's all of us together encouraging one another in our walk with Jesus. So if we start to understand it from the correct perspective, now we understand why we need to go to church. We understand why we need to have a daily prayer life. We understand why we should go to confession at least once a month to examine our consciences, to take a step back and see if we're really living our life the way we should in a way that's pleasing to God. And then start to understand that God wants us with him forever, not just for the 50 or 60 or 100 years or however long we're alive here on earth. He wants us forever. And he really does love us. And again, it's not the love that we hear about in movies or in the songs on the radio. He loves us in a way that so much that he died for us. So again, people need to understand that, especially as we go throughout our lives I'm I'm almost 59 years old, and it's like, I can't believe I'm as old as I am. But thank God my dad taught me to put first things first, and that is put God first. Right. Exactly true. All right. So let's see. Let's go to the next question. Why did God become man in Jesus? Question 76. All right. Once again, we look at John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. And as we pointed out, this whole idea of the incarnation, the sharing of our earthly lot, our sufferings, our death, and became one like us in all things but sin. In Jesus, God really became one of us and thus our brother. Nevertheless, he did not cease to be God at the same time, and thus our Lord. The Council of Chalcedon in the year 451 taught that the divinity and the humanity in the one person, Jesus Christ, are united together without division or confusion. The church grappled for a long time with the problem of how to express the relationship between the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. Divinity and humanity are not in competition with each other. 
which would make Jesus only partially God and only partially man. Nor is it true that the divine and the human in Jesus are confused. God took on a human body in Jesus. This was no mere appearance. Gnosticism points that out. But he really became man. Nor are there two different persons in Jesus. One human or divine. Uh, Nestorius brought that up. Nor is there true, finally, that Jesus, the human nature, was absorbed into divine nature. Uh, monotheism. Contrary to all these heresies, the church has adhered to believe that Jesus Christ is at the same time true God and true man in one person. This famous formula, without division or confusion, from the Council of Chalcedon, does not attempt to explain something that is too sublime for human understanding, but rather draws the boundaries, so to speak, of the faith. It indicates the line along which the mystery of the person of Jesus can be invested. So when we make the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we are calling upon the triune Godhead. When we say that Jesus Christ is Lord, He is both God and man. He is not split up. He is there for us as the eternal God. And we see that in this God, the Christ, who is for us, is among us. And as he says in John 14.10, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. You know, Father, that, that reminds me that that heresy of the early church is alive today in the Jehovah oh, Witnesses. Definitely. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but they don't believe that he is God. And I actually had a Jehovah Witness come to my door uh, just a few weeks ago, and we had this discussion. And when I pointed out that Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am well, the Jews who were listening to him immediately understood that he was equating himself with God. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they said that he was blaspheming because he was equating himself to God. So, again, the Jehovah Witnesses perpetuate this uh, false teaching. And I think part of the reason is we can't grasp who Jesus is. We, we, we call it a mystery of our faith. And it's, we have several mysteries of our faith. We believe it. But we don't understand it. And to me, that's the definition of faith. Faith is believing something that you don't really understand. So, again, the fact that Jesus was true God and true man, we can't grasp that. How, how can that be? Well, again, God is hard to grasp. You know, we can't grasp God. We can't even begin to grasp God because right. he's so far above our limited minds. So this is where the church calls it a mystery of the faith, just like the Eucharist, when the, when the priest... And the person of Jesus Christ says, this is my body, and the bread becomes the body and blood of Christ. 
we know that it happens, we believe that it happens, but we can't explain, we don't understand how it happens. So again, we call it a mystery of our faith that mm-hmm. we believe it, and you know, maybe in heaven we'll better understand it. Yes, yes. But you know, the glory of Christ, you know, uh, when uh, you say this, you know, when we look at that Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word is God. That's a powerful, powerful statement. Here is God revealing himself through his Son, and that everything that he does is for the glory of the Father. The Father and I are one. Well said, Father. You've been listening to Father Nicholas Mancini as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we understand what we believe as Catholics and who God is and understanding who Jesus is and that we can grasp Jesus as a mystery of our faith. Again, understanding why God loves us and why he made us and why he created us and why he wants us to be with him forever in heaven. Just remember that Faith with Father is a great teaching tool to use at your parish, along with the UCAP. You can listen to any archive show, then go by number, and they cover the entire UCAT. So just go to livingbreadradio.com, go to the Programming tab, and click on Faith with Father. And you can see all the archive shows by the title and by the number. This has been your host, Tim Perry, reminding you that God loves you more than you can even imagine. Until next time, may God bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.